Welcome to Scott Pilgrim versus the podcast, a podcast where we absolutely destroy Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> and we got double the chances this episode to destroy Scott because there's two Scott, two Pilgrim in this episode. That's the name. Too episode. fast. Too first. Oh, is that what it's a reference to? I don't oh, that's that. a reference. Oh, that's okay. making a lot okay. of sense. I didn't get that. That's I cool. don't really watch those movies. But oh. I do watch Scott Pilgrim takes off episode seven if you haven't. On Netflix, go watch it. We are going to spoil the heck out of it. But we're finally getting some big answers here as we catch up with Scott after he was taken through a portal during his fight with Matthew Patel. Turns out it was by old Scott Pilgrim. Oh, the classic. That's old the Scott. thing. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Nega it's Scott. It's, it's old Scott. Old Scott, which is even the ultimate neg is being old, as we all know. <laughs> is Too Fast, Too Furious the one where the, the cars turn into GoBots? Nope. Mm-hmm. No. It's Tyrese definitely turns into a car in that movie. I know that for a fact. No, like the no. uh, Vin Diesel gets wet and he turns into a car. No, the, I yeah, mean, a bunch I, of cars start popping out of his it, back. If Rebel you really style. want to know, it's famous for Lopping they did the this floor, move like where they, they jumped a car and it landed in a boat. Um, that no, was the that's big not kind of possible. Thing. Cars don't go on boats. They're different <laughs> They're species. Different if you drive it too fast, it will. Hmm. Wow. Just like a boat on a train. I don't I don't know why you would do that. Anyway, old Scott Pilgrim kidnapped I'm Scott. Justin. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we forgot to say your names. I'm Alex. I'm Pete. <laughs> wow. We're hepped up this episode because we're excited to talk about it. And uh, we find out that much like a lot of the world, Scott Pilgrim is a hater of the Scott Pilgrim series. He has. Uh, yeah. Finally, he is the one who defeated Scott Pilgrim by taking Scott Pilgrim out of the timeline to the future, and we get to see what Scott's life is down the road. Um, By the end of the episode, Scott has traveled back, thanks to older Ramona. Um, She's actually called something different. She's not called older Ramona. She's called future Ramona Flowers. There you go. But I will say... I have a feeling I know what you called her, yeah. Well, I'm going to say it was really nice that this thing we've all been feeling over the course of the show that Mary Elizabeth Winstead is too old to play oh Ramona Flowers. God, we finally got payoff stuff. for that. It was a question we had in the first episode, and here it paid off. Don't and it say finally wait. made sense why they got a lady that, like, I don't know if she's got bones anymore. It's just dust and bags of you're, withered old flesh, you know? You're an awful person. Yeah. I actually found her voice to be too young when she was in the future. <laughs> Doesn't make Same. sense. Yeah. Didn't work for you? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. No, I'm, not, I'm just kidding. It's fantastic. When she and Ewan McGregor got married, I don't know if you know this, in their vows, he was like, uh, to death do us part. Granted, you're already there, lady, is what he said. And she was like, whoa, leave me alone. All right, let's <laughs> let's like- start talking about the start of this episode, all right? We get the old kind of time travel trope, which, you know, could make you groan. It could be like, oh, no, a time travel episode. Um, But I thought it was really fun the way it kind of explained a lot of things. And uh, I really loved all the fun Easter eggs. It gets real meta. It comments on the movie as well as uh, different iterations, which I thought was really smart. I mean, I love the doing the you know, Nintendo code to get into the VR room. I mean, that was on top of a huge Game Boy. That was amazing. What was the code for? Did you have a... <laughs> well, it wasn't... A, it's not Contra. Right it wasn't like up, up, it down, down. It wasn't the Konami code. Yeah. Here's yeah. A, I believe it was the code for a Hadouken in Street Fighter. 
Ooh. That's what that codes. It's not, not really a code. It's just like uh, the move. Yeah, what buttons to push. Mm. Yeah. Uh, interesting. I didn't know what code that was because I don't play video games like. Yeah, users. but you did do a sketch about where the whole premise was doing a Hadouken at kind of yeah, the end. I didn't know so. what we were doing. We were just writing down words, you know. Uh, and then That's we went what back comedy to, is. Then we went back to sports, our favorite yeah. thing. Anyway, uh, I really like the emotional theme of this episode. I thought this was a smart way to pay off here. They do cop to the fact that a lot of the plot and the motivations don't make sense, both for Ramona. We find out that future Ramona is the one who wrote the script in order to send a message to Scott to write the timeline or something like that. She doesn't even really know. Uh, But older Scott, old Scott Pilgrim's uh, motivation here basically being like this all went wrong in the original story and walking us through that and showing that I thought that's a very palpable emotional resonance of like you hit a bad patch in your life. You look back at all the points where things possibly went wrong and you try to erase potentially even the good stuff as well. Um, I thought that was really well done. It parallels also what's going on with Wallace in this episode who is estranged from his husband who has the dream job of working for Nintendo. Oh my God. That was funny. Yeah, I mean, I feel like this whole series, and especially this episode, is just like folding different aspects of Scott Pilgrim in on itself. And we get that here with this really funny flip of like, no, this story's wrong. Meaning the story where he beats the exes, the story that we all know is right, or we all thought was right when we first started watching this series. And this criticism of the series being, this isn't what we expected at all. This is different. So like, just a fun flip there. And then to your point, the deeper emotional resonance, you know, Scott like famously needed to mature in all of the iterations of him. And in this older Scott, same thing. Like he's like, one thing went wrong. I'm destroying all of this. It's like treating life like a video game where you, you know, you fall in one pit and you have to go all the way back to your last save point. When in reality, you just need to sort of work from the position you're in, which I think is perhaps the underlying message. Uh, I want to go back to something that we talk about a lot uh, when we're talking about this show, and that's the actors. Having Will Forte be the voice here was such a fun, as soon as he started talking, it was like, oh, that is so cool. Such a fun choice. And uh, really, uh, I think just brought the whole thing to another level. I mean, the casting overall, we said, is just bananas. But that was just such a fun moment where I was like, oh, my God, this is great. Between Last Man on Earth and Dad for Unsweet Tooth, Will Forte is really, like, narrowing his roles (laughs) to, like, uh, apocalypse a father figure yep. in a funny mm-hmm. way. He he's great. I agree with you one hundred percent, Pete. I he is just a naturally funny actor and voice actor. So th- this is another case of a character that it feels like they just kind of wrote for him a little bit. Like this doesn't even yeah. feel like Scott so much as it's Will Forte as old Scott. That's 100%. cool because it's very yeah. funny the entire time. Um, yeah. The oh. beard appreciation was really nice. Uh, oh, there was one yeah. thing I wanted to bring up, though, just on the thing about Scott being emotionally stilted, like you were talking about, Justin. I think what this does here, which I also thought was a very interesting move, is it matures the, if you want to call him real Scott, the prime Scott, the younger Scott, because we get that scene yeah. towards the end of the episode where he apologizes to Knives for everything and owns it, yeah. which... 
is a little writerly. It's a little like Bradley O'Malley hearing the same thing over and over again for 13 years. But I think it still works because Scott has actually taken away some something from this experience, which normally he's just a blank slate or it takes him far too long to get these messages. Yeah, I agree. I thought that worked too, especially because this show is so meta. There's just an ongoing meta narrative constantly, right right from the book where they comment on the fact that they're in a book, like, oh, you won't find that out for a couple more pages, that kind of stuff. So there's all of that. So this makes sense that this movie is a little bit telegraphed by the world's criticism of Scott Pilgrim. Mm -hmm. But also so much of this first season has been about other forms of this story also like we get the musical in this episode we get um the movie from this alternate movie the movie script we we've seen it in so many formats and they're they seem to be sort of self-deprecating or commenting anyway on the fact that they keep just keep telling the same story over and over again i think it all makes sense as a theme yeah on the meta front i think you're absolutely right there the idea of Again, Bradley O'Malley probably been presented over the past decade and a half with, hey, are you going to make this into an anime? Are you going to make this into a musical? Are you going to make this into another movie, a TV show, whatever, et cetera, et cetera. So like you're saying, they keep drilling down on the same story over and over again, which plays back to that theme here of old Scott is stuck in the same story. That's what he's stuck on. He's watching it, not through the virtual yeah. boy, but through the virtual guy. And the presumption is that he just watches this dinky story all the time and never got past it. But again, I love the move that like Ramona through this story, the way that we've watched her has progressed quite a bit. Scott is starting to progress. They talk about this in terms of the alternate timeline when he gets to see everything. And the exes have progressed as well. Like everybody is actually growing except for old Scott here who is stuck. Yeah, I think. Yeah. While we're talking about old Scott, I really think it it's a funny kind of thing to see Scott stuck because the the band that he's with with the twins is hilarious. That whole music video is just really hysterical. Um, yeah, and the fact that like I was like, oh my god, please tell me he still lives with Wallace, and I that was just such a fun uh, bit and callback. Um, yeah, I I just think they they were really kind of having fun with it. Yeah, they definitely were. And one thing I want to say before we get too far away, um, this really gave me Adventure Time vibes, mm -hmm. uh, especially at the beginning, uh, a show that I love. And in their bigger, their larger format episodes, especially as it went on, their big mythology episodes, felt right next to this, um, down to even like the joke of memories, good memories with the good crossed out yeah. as a fun <laughs> yeah. uh, thing. Honestly, Honeymoon in Florida, whew, that's great. Yeah, I really loved how sweet it was for the younger Scott to kind of look at this and then the kind of like him defending the present Ramona to future Ramona was fun. I also, I was wondering if they were going to do a creative way of with uh, future Ramona with a hair bit because we, that's something we didn't get in this episode that we've had in every episode, you know, since you guys talk about structure but we didn't get that kind of fun credit of her changing her hair color in this episode. Well, this is definitely format wise. You're flipping over to Scott and filling in all of the blanks there. So I understand why we didn't get that, but that brings up something else I wanted to mention based off of the discussion we're having. 
Do you feel like future Ramona is also stuck? Because I was surprised that she's still a delivery girl after all these years. Yeah, but did you see those rollerblades, though? I mean, come on, DeLorean rollerblades? I will say she was crushing it. Yeah, Mm -hmm. she was. But I'm I'm curious, was she delivering Netflix streams to people? Like, what's her delivery thing? Seems like a lot of different kinds of packages, more of an Amazon situation. Mm, Don't say that. Uh, yeah i don't know i mean not that we needed more on her necessarily but i feel like surprisingly ramona was the character who got the shorter shrift in this episode just because we turned the focus so squarely away from her but we'll see how that affects particularly with the twist at the end that they can't kiss each other Um, yeah that was fun but her saying that like scott was the love of her life was very sweet Mm -hmm. yeah well and i think like i agree she is stuck in that Scott's being stuck sort of made her stuck or at least stayed yeah. in this position. I don't know if she's as trapped as him. She just seems sort of like settled into this life. Uh, but it does sort of position them as like true love for each other. It just wasn't working out at that time. Yeah. Um, I Just to get back to the honeymoon thing, I did want to ask Pete, were you excited after all of this time to finally see some minions on this show? Oh, yeah. I'm glad that they, you know, uh, played a little homage. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean. You love it, them. You, do. No, you love them and you love their down on us. <laughs> Anyways, I do think that it was really the fun slides and then that animation commentary like, oh, whoever did the animation for the second part is really bad. So that I thought that was also really fun. You met up. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was great. I just did actually want to follow up the minions line with one of my favorite lines of the episode when he's talking about they went to their honeymoon to Universal Studios and he says, I met Optimus Prime. Optimus, Optimus fucking, fucking Prime. Prime. Uh, yeah, and I'll yeah. tell you what, that's how I felt the first time I went to Universal. So I saw myself. Yeah, it made yeah. it worth it. it. It totally did. That Transformers ride, first of all, great really good the best thing that came out of the whole michael bay transformers and there's a moment at the end where the 3d optimus prime gets in front of your car looks at you and is basically like i'm proud of you son you're you're a wonderful son to me i am your dad and you're like wow and all the 40 plus year old men cry yeah i i legitimately got teary-eyed at the end of the transformers ride in universal studios so wow i know how old scott pilgrim's feeling man and he transforms into the airplane, right? Or the... Um, no, he carrier. transforms back into Tyrese Gibson. <laughs> oh, wow. Cool. Wow. What transforms a into a truck, man. Transformer truck. roll out. Truck. Is that like a land boat? <laughs> <laughs> this hurts my that's childhood. What I, that's the way I say it. <laughs> hey, the next land boat here. Better pick up my package. Can we talk about a huge revelation in this episode that I don't think, unless I'm forgetting that we've gotten into any previous episodes or any aspects of Scott Pilgrim. Uh, So this is about the twins. And I think Scott is like, wait, didn't you battle all of the evil exes and kill them? And he's like, yeah, well, after they respawned at home and then they kind of move on Mm. from there. So in this world, after people die for the fighting and they leave their coins, they respawn back to their home, I guess. Maybe yeah. just the twins, maybe cool. everybody. Well, that's fun. That's nice. So it's not they don't murder. die. Yeah, they're not murdering. No, people. I know. It totally makes sense in the world. It just kind of floored me to casually throw in this bit of information, which is a very Scott Pilgrim thing to do, mind Can you. I- 
that's like important to you know how people are relating to each other can i tell you what yeah. i thought you were gonna say with that setup you made oh sure you're gonna go back to the minions no i thought you were uh freaked out by the revelation that uh columbo and pikachu are the same person mm. that was a good uh, joke as yeah. well I, I was that, was, say that was a good joke that like that famous detective pikachu <laughs> yeah i was no, gonna say columbo no i was talking about pikachu how about the fact that Ramona was the one writing the script? Uh, well, the... she was there. She should be able to write it. That gets over a little logical problem that I've been having with the theory about Scott being the one who's writing the script. Because the idea mm -hmm. of Scott trying to write anything just does not work for me. Ha. Thinking about like his mental level in terms of being able to do that. Ramona being able to write a script, that works. Wallace could probably yeah. do it as well. Not Scott. Uh, but it sounds like maybe you're a little iffy on it, Justin. No, I liked it. Um, I thought, again, it just it reinforces their connection in a way that I thought was nice and sort of gives, you know, she's still making a case, I think, for their relationship, even though it's very underplayed in this episode. I also the, love the, the joke versions. of young Neil writing a book about it, and now he's credited as old young Neil. Very funny. Yeah, oh my, my God. My Precious Big Life by Old Young Neil. <laughs> it's very it's good. It's really good. Great stuff. Uh, what else about... The fact, yeah. The fact that he's in the purse again was really great. Mm -hmm. You love that. It's a I fun bit. That. Yeah. You guys both I, love that. I think it's fine, but it's just funny how much you're like, ah, he's back in the purse! It's yeah! Really it's Get really in that purse! Just like his face sticking out of there? Yeah, it's Very funny. Fun. The it's shot at the bit. end of everybody bit. being like, come on, it's time for the big finale, and it's just yeah. his tiny face coming out of the purse. Very fun. I also it's like how uh, uh, future Scott called uh you know regular scott uh knives because he got all starry-eyed and was like mm -hmm. Ooh, look at this he's like what are you knives and i thought that was a cool like they you know he still thinks about knives or knows about knives so the f setting up later it made it even better for me i thought well and i think that also ties into the whole idea that this old scott pilgrim has never gotten past what happened to him in his 20s he's never gotten past the original I mean, who novels it's hard to move on. It is hard to move on. S says the man surrounded by thousands of comic books. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not grabbing onto my younger days for dear life. What it's are you talking about? It's hard yeah. to grow up. Yeah. Uh, good thing that was pointed out by the guy who is doing a Scott Pil Scott Pilgrim podcast right now. Mm -hmm. Fair. Yeah. Is that me or is that you? <laughs> I don't know. Carl is looking, <laughs> looking know, in the mirror. I think it's too fast, too furious for you boys. Ooh. I still don't Ooh, know what nice. that means, but all right. Yeah. Um, I guess what I was saying, though, about the old Scott Pilgrim thing is he's somebody, like we've been talking about, I think hasn't moved past the original graphic novels, but also similar to he's a, he's a fan of them. Like he watches them in different forms and he talks about them and thinks about them. And it's the same thing as fans just being obsessed with the same thing 13 years ago. I will say, just to throw out there, I do wonder how much of that is something Brian Lee O'Malley feels as well. Because, you know, mm, as yeah. a creator, we've talked about this, and I don't fault him. Obviously, he should do whatever he wants and follow his muse and wherever he wants to go. But he's done Scott Pilgrim repeatedly over the years. He did Snot Girl and he did Seconds, and that's pretty much it over the intervening time. Yeah. 
And we are a society that certainly judges people in terms of their output. So maybe there's a little bit of his anxiety in terms of the constant world being like, what's your next thing? When is your next thing coming? What are you going to do the next yeah. thing? And he's like, no, I'm back on this thing. I'm back on that thing. That's where my comfort zone is. So I don't know. Well, and also the idea that you can take that thing and create within it. Like mm, he's been yeah. able to, which is sort of the future for so much of, of creation, like, People don't want you to just start over, over and over again. They want you to just stay in something and build it out or or that's what people are doing any which way. And I think this show is a testament to that does work sometimes. This show, I feel like, has taken more creative swings than most other shows. And having the uh, sort of safety of it being in an already popular IP world, I think, helps that. Yeah, I mean, at one point, Scott is playing a robot in the show you know what i mean like that whole bit where he's working the robot as he's trying to run it was just such a, a hilarious thing there's a lot of that whole time travel thing is i think purposefully confusing with robot one that he exists in all timelines simultaneously just kind of an unnecessary take on time travel that makes it confusing but is played for comedy well, it's so it's okay it's a different take on time travel that used to be sort of, it's a more like fiction, like literary fiction version of time travel, mm -hmm. I feel like, which I thought was a funny twist on it. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I, I was on board for it. Yeah. Yeah. Couple I like all other... the stickers on the robot. Uh, yes. Fun. A couple of other things to call out. I'm completely blanking on the name. Justin, I know you're playing Super Mario right now, so maybe you remember, but mm. there's a statue of the cactus guy from Mario is in the front of uh wallace's house which i thought was fun yeah oh Four yeah stack. that was fun guy. yeah because he the husband works yeah. for nintendo it makes a lot of sense um mm -hmm. i don't know that guy's name but maybe it'll come to me uh the callback to sonic the hedgehog for the first yeah, episode is hilarious. also fun with the pokey it's yeah. pokey pokey with both of the scots jumping in to be like it's like sonic the hedgehog uh it's great um, I also love the callback to emotional business. Can I get a witness? <laughs> Just oh my yep. God. So funny. Very stupid uh, running joke song thing. Um, yeah. And I loved at the end, the opening of Scott Pilgrim's precious little musical that they're advertising it as with all seven evil exes in person, because everybody knows about this because it's popular in the culture now. So very fun. And uh, Wallace singing complicated. I thought was fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and Todd eating a turkey leg. He's oh yeah, he's oh, off yeah, he's, yeah. he's off. He's I, I, I do I, want to mention about the Wallace stuff. Uh, surprisingly emotional given the small amount of screen time. I don't know if you guys felt like that, but I assume at least part of that was how Kieran Culkin was doing the voice stuff. But it was really sad, and I wanted him to get back together with his husband, even though we never meet the husband. It's a very small part of the episode. I felt like little pangs while I was watching it. Oh, oh, pangs, pangs, hunger, pangs. I was hungry for that yeah, turkey leg. Gimme. Uh, I did like how no, everybody yeah. got like a fun entrance at the uh, kind of uh, big screening. Mm -hmm. And now we're setting up for the grand finale oh, next F. Guys, oh. I've been waiting so long. Cannot so what's your speculation? What's your theories here on the finale then? Scott or Ramona can't kiss. Who did it? Per the yeah, uh, who last make them, episode's title. Who did who it? Who make them not kiss? 
Well, I mean, you got two main major contenders here. Uh, you've got uh, Goose, right? Mm-hmm. Gordon Goose. What do you yeah. think? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Goose? What do you think, Pete? Uh, I think you're waiting for the whole list. Yeah, here. I, do I, both of them and give him a choice. Uh, Matthew Patel is the other. Okay. Oh, that's what it. Gordon think? Goose or Matthew Patel? I said two that, choices. Oh, okay. All right, Pete. What do you think? Gordon Goose, Matthew Patel, a third. Is that choice? really the only ones that? I mean, it still could they be. Seem, they seem to me they are. They seem to be the two major like uh, open ended X's. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We still uh, haven't gotten a lot of time with the twins. twins they seem pretty yeah. fun in this episode, but that's also awesome. Robot One could be behind some stuff. Actually, evil. Yeah. I feel like Robot One was pretty well explained in this episode as Scott watching uh, all of the past mm. from the future. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I mean, uh, Gordon Goose is definitely the one that feels like he set up. Uh, he's he's been he said I have more to do here, yeah. almost literally those words. So could be part of it. Maybe he's trying to get back. But Matthew Patel seems to have the most to lose. Because he has been powered up by this yeah, and doesn't he really want has. anything to change. I guess we'll have to see. Uh, we'll see if we'll finally defeat Scott Pilgrim. I will call, I'll say this we didn't take down either Scott Pilgrim this episode, but we definitely crushed the Fast and Furious series. I think that is done for <laughs> yeah. after this, to be honest. But if you want to support I mean, I'll, the- you, that may be true. Yeah, maybe, that may be true. I don't know. We'll see. My long shot candidate for who's behind it, a character that it, from the the comics that has never been introduced here, Lisa. Oh, Scott. Lisa Miller. Evil eggs. Yeah. Scott's evil eggs. Could happen. Or Please. Envy. Envy. Set up for season back. two. Envy, yeah. Mm-hmm. Set up for season two, Scott's exes. We will find out very soon. In the meantime, if you'd like to support this podcast and all the podcasts, we do patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Facebook and YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about Scott Pilgrim. Apple, Spotify, Android, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow the show at Comic Book Live on Twitter slash X, Comic Book Club Live on TikTok and Instagram, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more. And one more shot to take down Scott Pilgrim before the show ends. For We're now. Gonna do it. For We're now. We're going to do it. Get your turkey legs, boys. Power up. Power up. That's what we say. Us, evil exes. The three of us. <laughs>